0: Uh, Hi everybody, Uh, every episode of the Indian Cycling Podcast powered by the Bike Affair, we will have a section talking about uh, uh, training technique and the associated equipment. Uh, Cadence is something which is very close to my heart and I think is uh, one of the most important aspects to uh, think about when you start uh, training seriously. Uh, Cadence refers to the number of times we rotate the pedal in a minute. Uh, it is re, uh, represented in RPM or revolutions per minute. To kick off, we will start with a story involving a quite a controversial name, uh, Lance Armstrong. Uh, by the way, I, I pretty much admire Lance for uh, the way he went about doing things. Unfortunately, his uh, ideals were not right and uh, he didn't uh, uh, follow the right path. But if he had, I am pretty sure he would have been very successful.
1: Yeah, and to give credit where credit is due. Yeah. In terms of doping, nobody beat him. So <laughs> Yeah, he,
0: he institutionalized doping. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: he was really good at doping, no doubt, and cycling, of course. <laughs> yes, yeah.
0: Anyways, uh, coming to the story, uh, uh, Lance was a very different personality uh, in the initial days of his cycling and his physique and uh, technique uh, was not... Uh, of what was uh, necessary of a typical 2D France uh, winner. Uh, He was a very stocky rider and a very powerful, well-built rider, more like the modern day um, sprint classic legends like uh, uh, some of the Belgian riders. So what, however, happened was this was all post uh, prior to his um, uh, cancer diagnosis. And uh, during the treatment, obviously, he lost a significant amount of weight and uh, unfortunately quite a lof- lot of it was also muscle mass. So when he was uh, completely cured and uh, started uh, looking back at uh, getting onto the saddle, uh, he along with his coach uh, Brunil, uh, looked at uh, re-evaluating this uh, uh, situation and turning it around. So... What they did was they started uh, adopting a very high cadence uh, uh, riding style, and he started becoming extremely good at it. Uh, so good that he went ahead and won 7 2D France winners uh, victories. Mm, one of the present day greats, uh, uh, Chris Froome, also has a very similar high cadence riding style. So, however, I need to qualify the statement that for every, uh, there have been probably more riders who don't have such a uh, uh, style of riding, so Tour uh, de France has been won by riders of all kinds of cadences, all styles, so each person is individual and as uh, this story tells us even the same individual based on the circumstances could change the riding style for their benefit
1: it is interesting you mentioned Chris Froome and Lance Armstrong in the same breath especially after the (laughs) Salbutamol controversy
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah I mean in fact if you have to go back to um, uh, what probably uh, Brunil and uh, Lance uh, uh, discussed and the approach they came up with is very simple is that uh, lot of their doping was around utilizing uh, uh, the blood carrying capacity of the uh, mm. oxygen carrying capacity of the blood and so on, so uh, to a large extent a high cadence workout which puts higher stress on the cardiovascular system and uh, the uh, oxygen uh, V-O2 max and so on would have definitely helped in favour of the uh, the overall system around doping, so <laughs> uh, but in, uh, of course nobody can be sure what really happened.
1: <laughs> so. So what according to you is a good cadence and what are the advantages and disadvantages of different styles? Like for example, uh, moving away from Armstrong to a different kind of rider, which is Mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. I've been accused of having very bad cadence and you know, frankly, people call me lazy for having that low cadence.
0: Okay. So yeah, I mean, uh, this is exactly the reason why, uh, uh, while I say that each individual is different and their riding styles are different. Uh, this is the primary reason why I want to everybody to uh, go through this process of building a high cadence because uh, in the initial days of cycling we are actually not yet discovered what is natural riding style of each individual and there is a natural tendency to have a To grind a higher gear, especially when graduating to a road bike which has a much higher gear ratios. So it's just a very natural instinct, if I may say so, not necessarily indicating or indicative of somebody's riding style. So that is why I would say it is important for everybody to adopt a or try to uh, get a better cadence and then eventually figure out what really is their natural cadence uh, uh, which they would fall into but to start off with as a thumb rule i would say a 90 rpm 90 revolutions per minute is something very good for somebody who is looking at uh, being reasonably uh, active and uh, anything above 80 is actually good for somebody who's uh, uh, you know, uh, medium active medium uh, not too uh, enthusiastic a rider or so. But anything below 80, is a cause of concern because you are putting extremely higher stress on your exoskeletal system your muscles and joints and uh, there is a higher chances of injury it is also probably just indicative of the fact that the gears are uh, not being re- used and changed uh, um, appropriately also coming back to it uh, you know depending on what Uh, kind of event excites you you may want to change your uh, cadence so uh, a generally um, um, a time trialist would have a slightly lower cadence i know there are exceptions the two names whom we have talked about chris rome and lance are very good time trialists and we just told that they have a high cadence but in general terms there is uh, probably a, a, a typical time trialist will have slightly lesser cadence and uh, a sprinter you when they want to launch an attack would uh, would need that ability to spin very fast and then we are talking of significantly higher than 110 uh, cadence so when they are launching an attack and so on so they, they are bringing in their fast twitch muscles uh, into play and uh, so many of the uh, sprinters or a, a typical sprinter would uh, have the ability to um, uh, spin very fast and launch an attack. So you think I should aim for uh, 80 RPM,
1: but Mm -hmm. many people say that I need to have cleats to increase uh, cadence. One of the first things people ask me while riding is, uh, when I will be upgrading to my cleats. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've always felt that cleats will just make riding very rigid and uncomfortable for me because you can't really move the, uh, you can't move your foot off the pedal. Uh, can you disabuse me of this notion why
0: use cleats at all what are the advantages it's not even cycling without using cleats <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but yeah jokes apart ja, just
1: just for the record i i just went on a hundred kilometer ride today and i went with my running shoes <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. yeah i mean yeah yesterday in the hrc race uh, the the guy who came second uh, yeah road, uh, that was yeah. that was remarkable
1: i mean he was really good yeah.
0: so, so, anyways, coming, uh, tracing the history of uh, uh, the cleats. Uh, before cleats, we used to have what is called as a, a, a toe clip. So, a toe clip was more like a, a, um, like the front heel of a, a front uh, a toe or part of a curved part of the uh, uh, extension to the pedal, to which in within which you slot your. Uh, uh, shoes and feet and kind of tighten the uh, uh, buckle around your uh, shoes so uh, the disadvantage with this was you if you tied the buckle uh, pretty uh, secure you would uh, not be able to uh, remove your feet without uh, unbuckling with the use of your hands and uh, so this whole process made it completely um, impractical for riding in uh, everyday conditions and if you were to keep the buckle a little loose it was not really as efficient so the concept of the cleats and clicking in uh, actually came down from skis wherein the uh, it was the mechanism was very similar to how uh, uh, you will attach your uh, uh, shoes to the uh, to the skis with a click so Sorry, in fact, uh, so it has a magnet uh, like this or I, how uh, does it work I don't know whether initially it was a magnet but I, I at least the present day systems do not have a magnet it is a mechanical latching system oh, okay. uh, of course and there are dime a dozen types of uh, cleats and uh, shoes each have their own mechanisms and differences mm-hmm. uh, but it is more of a mechanical latching rather than a magnet so In fact, if I am not wrong, I think Look was into skis and they uh, brought in uh, the concept of cleats onto um, uh, cycling. So now to talk about why uh, to use uh, cleats or any foot restraining system for that matter. If we do not have a foot restraining system we are utilizing only the downward pedal stroke and not the upward uh, uh, you know, motion of the feet to transfer power on to the uh, wheels. So uh, just uh, to think of it in a more simplistic manner uh, look at uh, our pedal uh, motion as a 360 degrees or uh, imagine it like a clock face. There are various, various muscle groups which come into play at different uh, you know, uh, different parts of this uh, uh, circular motion. So somewhere from around the 12 o'clock to uh, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock motion, it is primarily the glutes or the muscles uh, around the butt which uh, uh, which help in transferring energy. Around the 3 to 6 o'clock position, it is the quads or the muscles in the front of the thigh. Uh, the 48, uh, the calf muscles, the 7 to 10, the hamstrings, hamstrings are the uh, some of the biggest muscle groups uh, uh, at the back of our thigh, and the nine to twelve o'clock position through the hip flexors. So, in essence, if you do not use cleats, you are utilizing lesser of your calves, hamstrings, and uh, your uh, hip flexors into the overall pedal motion. So, what that means is it makes you less efficient. Not only that, it puts additional stress on the muscle groups which are involved in the first 180 degrees the uh, the glutes and the quads and uh, uh, giving you again increasing the chances of an injury so it is it is also right, from an injury prevention perspective right, because
1: you still have to go the same distance and yeah same i mean if you're uh, trying
0: to keep up with somebody yeah. and just uh, you know ramming down on those pedals yeah. so uh, the same muscle groups have to do in more work mm-hmm. so now, now, very interestingly, I will ask you a very uh, tricky question. Uh, the UCI, the, uh, the International Governing Body of Cycling, uh, makes it mandatory to use cleats in any road race. Do you know why? Uh, commercial
1: pressure from manufacturers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that could be the inside story. But the story I know is that uh, um, if we do not have a foot restraining system, uh, when we launch an attack or go out of the saddle there is a chance that the feet uh, slips off the platform pedals and causing the rider and in a in a road biking scenario a group of riders to fall down and potentially uh, be uh, create a very dangerous situation so that is why actually uh, it is mandatory as a safety requirement to have cleats uh, in a road uh, race cool but You know, you're talking about
1: this as some kind of a no-brainer, but most of us don't adopt it. Uh, Recently, I was reading about uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook. Uh, He said that uh, he tried cleats, fell off the bike at the first traffic stop he came (laughs) to, (laughs) uh, and broke his shoulder. Hmm. And since then, he hasn't picked up his bike. Now, presumably, he's also busy apologizing for stealing our privacy and all that. (laughs) But if you had to convince the Zook, To get back on his cycle with cleats and enjoy that California lifestyle, mm. what would you tell him?
0: See, I, I, myself, including many of us or almost all of us, have had an initial couple of falls when using cleats, uh, but never have I heard of anybody having such a bad uh, fall and uh, you know, leading to injuries uh, uh, or breaking bones like Mark. So I, I just. Uh, I just feel that he had a very bad stroke of luck. Dazuk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not Mark. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, but what I would generally recommend is uh, uh, ease into the process of using cleats and typically don't combine it with uh, some other uh, uh, new thing that you are getting acclimatized to. So, for example, uh, if you are uh, buying a road bike and it is your first road bike and you are trying to get used to your uh, road bike posture, don't try the cleats straight on. Use the first few weeks to just get used to the road bike posture and not uh, make it more complicated with cleats as well. And uh, the first few weeks when you are utilizing cleats, what I would say is uh, uh, start your ride about 10 minutes earlier than usual. Get already kitted up. Uh, sit on the saddle uh, probably inside your home or uh, 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 within your parking lot hold uh, support after sitting on the saddle and just to practice cleating and uncleating for 10 minutes and then uh, keep reminding yourselves that you have to uncleat. so uh, or better still if you have access to a trainer i would say just to do trainer rides for a f- two three weeks with cleats and uh, uh, do follow this practice of cleating and uncleating for uh, uh, five to ten minutes every day and then slowly uh, adopt to cleats on the road and you will be fine so
1: so so just a general question um, and this this is basically coming from a practical perspective if i have pedals which are suited for cleats Mm -hmm. but on a particular day I just decide you know what I just want to go for a regular ride relaxed one I don't want the cleats Mm -hmm. is that possible
0: yes it is possible in fact uh, uh, they there are uh, I was about to cover that uh, there are uh, different types of cleats and uh, uh, foot restraining systems available Uh, broadly speaking they are the road bike pedals and uh, um, mountain bike pedals the road bike pedals typically have uh, uh, a bigger interface, uh, the latching interface, and uh, the the cleat which is attached to the shoe uh, comes out and it making it extremely difficult to walk on. But being uh, presenting a bigger uh, interface, it is more uh, uh, efficient. However, uh, a mountain bike pedal, the cleating system actually sits inside the crevice of a uh, of the sole of the shoe so mm-hmm. that's uh, allowing us to walk uh, in a cross country kind of scenario wherein you mm-hmm. if it is very extremely technical you may just uh, decide to get off the bike and push the bike across so uh, so you will need to have very good traction and uh, know, comfort while uh, walking or running with your shoes and that is possible in the mo- uh, mountain bike kind of things now there is a third kind of system uh, uh, Primarily with uh, mountain bike pedals, wherein one side of the pedal has a uh, MTB cleat interface, and the other side looks like a regular platform pedal. So, if you use such a pedal, you yeah. can you can. Uh, so actually, I could probably
1: take that uh, cleat. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, but going back to your previous question, I forgot to uh, cover one very important aspect, uh, like. When you come out of that initial process of getting used to cleats, there are still one more major reason why people um, go away from cleats or scared of cleats. Uh, Many people have in fact uh, 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 spoiled their knees because of a wrong setup of cleats. Because each of us have a, a certain natural... Uh, tendency uh, of our feet alignment, and if the, the the cleat alignment doesn't reflect this, it puts our uh, shifts our uh, 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 knee position very abruptly, which could actually cause an mm-hmm. uh, issue. So, I know all of us have access to a friend who has been using cleats for years, and you know they are very happy and they think they are experts at it. But I would very strongly recommend uh, a a new person uh, to buy their, uh, once they get their uh, cleats, to get it set up by a uh, experienced bike fitter. Because that small uh, investment and that small angle could make your life very uh, comfortable. In fact, going back and telling you another very interesting story, this is not applicable only to everyday riders, many professional riders have had these problems. Mm-hmm. In fact, so much so, including uh, people like Sir Bradley Wiggins, have had... Uh, also against so ma- of doping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 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 I have had so many issues with uh, knees. I, I'm not sure whether that mm. issue came about because of the wrong setup of cleats, but uh, he had issues with his knees and he has set a precedent wherein a few people who have had knee issues uh, on their contract, even though they have uh, uh, alignment to a particular pedal and shoe manufacturer, uh, because of medical reasons, they go for uh, specific uh, cleat, most often uh, the speed play system, which is easier on your uh, uh, knees, and uh, uh, and uh, they kind of get a exception to the the contract, see uh, cycling medical reasons, mm-hmm. and and I think there are a few others who have followed uh, suit on this. So it is very important to get the cleat set up correctly.
1: So while uh, I can't. Uh claim to be uh, i don't claim to be using cleats but uh, i can definitely vouch for bike setup because when i initially got my road bike i i have a slightly misaligned posture and i mm-hmm. used to get uh, side strains mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. back pain all kinds of problems okay and uh, when i came to the store Mm -hmm. Grish suggested that I go for a bike fit and he spent about uh, two and a half hours or maybe three hours with me Mm -hmm. and made me ride on the trainer. Mm -hmm. And it's almost amazing that at maybe a centimeter or a centimeter and a half adjustment of the saddle. I don't have any more side strains now. Like Mm -hmm. if I have side strains, it's because of like the way I'm running or Mm -hmm. something. It's definitely not because of the bike. Mm -hmm. So yeah, bike fit I can definitely
0: vouch for. Mm Uh, in fact, uh, now that you mentioned about bike fit, it is not just the bike fit. I know uh, we live in the uh, the e-commerce world, and all of us uh, uh, find amazing deals on stuff uh, over the internet. I would strongly recommend against buying shoes off the internet. <laughs> uh, of course, if you know a model and a size and it works and you get 50% off, by all means go for it. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, if you are, uh, trying a new model, uh, even if it is the same brand, a different model, uh, it is absolutely a no to buy shoes without trying. In fact, again, uh, I have another very interesting story to uh, prove this point. Uh, in fact, you mentioned about Krish. Krish has some so much fancy equipment in uh, how we all have been buying shoes, not cycling shoes throughout our life. But uh, So, the way he comes up with just uh, determining the size of the shoes, he has a very fancy um, way to measure the feet and then he use, does some uh, uh, drama with the insoles and I don't know what all he does but it does prove to be right at the end of the day and I think all those things it might be... another thing is it, it may not matter to many of us but it does matter at times Some uh, some of these aspects and it could make a huge difference. For example, there was this friend of us who had bought a new shoe. He was an experienced uh, uh, rider w- having ridden with cleats for a couple of years. And on this new shoe, he came back with the tour without being able to uncleat at all. Hmm. So it was, it was very clear that it was not uh, his, uh, uh, it is very less likely that it is his inability or his uh, uh, lack of uh, exposure to cleats but we are just not able to figure out why and then we called him to the store, put him on the trainer and then he tried uncleating, it was not uh, very easy then I tried, then our superman Chitti tried <laughs> nobody could uncleat then uh, then we are just playing around uh, doing uh, trial and error and uh, I just uh, removed the cleats from his shoes and put it on to another shoes and uh, tried and it was you know, very simple it, it was as if there was no problem at all then we tried comparing the shoes, and there was something very interesting. Uh, the The original shoes he had was one of those fancy, lightweight ones with carbon sole and uh, a very light upper uh, mesh and uh, upper uh, uh, area, and it had this very low what is called a stop line. That is the the part which uh, of the shoe which is just below your ankle joint, connecting the heel cup to the front where you will typically the laces end. So so as a result because it was so low he was actu- he was having very less leverage from the he- ah, heel okay. side yeah, yeah. which was required for him to twist the shoes right. uh, to uncleat. so and while the shoe was generally comfortable this pro- this uh, uh, shape of the shoe made it extremely uncomfortable and impossible for him to uncleat. so then um, Actually, we just uh, changed, it, uh, back, went back to the same model, but tried uh, one size smaller, which was still comfortable for him, a little bit more snug, and things were fine again. So, mm-hmm. so shoes is something you definitely need to uh, uh, try personally and buy. And uh, if you have all these things set up, go uh, invest time in getting used to the the cleating and cleating process. Uh, I'm telling you most of us would not venture onto the road if we don't have our shoes. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. No, yeah. no helmet, no, uh, no pedals or shoes. We just don't ride mm-hmm. as simple as that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, I, I can totally relate to that shoes uh, analogy because I never buy shoes off uh, Amazon because I have a slightly wider feet and that makes me really sensitive and finicky to any shoe probably had about 4 or 5 pairs in my whole life that I feel comfortable in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if I was going to go for a cycling shoe, I would definitely (laughs) do the bike uh, fit and only then buy them. Yeah, I
0: can tell you with experience that uh, uh, I think uh, the Indian male uh, foot anatomy is slightly on the wider side and thankfully right now we have a huge choice of wider feet, shoes available in India. So, uh, uh yeah just spend time uh, and uh, uh, go about uh, selecting those there are white shoes available which should make you feel comfortable sure
1: yeah okay so that was a very good discussion about cadence and cleats but we still have a very practical problem which is someone like me uh if i was saying let me improve now i want to improve my cadence uh, with cleats like where do i start who do i start talking to or how do i go about this
0: uh, i would say a, a, comp- a couple of uh, very simple drills will do uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, one drill which i uh, typically start off my uh, any new uh, rider to cycling for increasing cadence is to uh, incorporate uh, high cadence uh, uh, intervals as part of your cooldown. So what I mean by this is, uh, 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 once you have completed your core workout and you have uh, kind of sli- slowly reduced your uh, intensity, uh, uh, still keep about 10 minutes available for you. And in that 10 minutes, what you do is uh, split it into, take, do five intervals, wherein you are shifted to the lowest gear possible and steadily spin fast and try to spin as fast as possible. Mm-hmm uh uh for about a minute mm-hmm. uh try not bouncing but uh, try to maintain that cadence without uh, bouncing but even if you are bouncing you'll slowly get over that so by so bow- I'm
1: sorry what is bouncing
0: uh, that is when uh, when you are trying to ride uh, at a very high cadence uh, uh, your uh, butt may come off the saddle and you may you, you know you you'll probably kind of uh, but uh, move around the saddle ah, okay right? yeah so so yeah. that's what we call yeah i do s- that a lot yeah move around <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i mean it's just a practice so if you if you have these uh, intervals wherein for one minute you spin at a very high cadence uh, uh, steady uh, slowly reaching high and you uh, know trying to maintain the highest possible for about a minute and then just uh, easing out and you uh, know uh, taking out uh, that uh, stress that has built in and uh, riding uh, what in whatever way comforts you and then repeat that for about five times do this as part of every ride so you what happens is when you do this you are building it incorporate it in your every ride as much as possible so that uh, it slowly uh, helps in building that uh, 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 muscle memory for you to mm-hmm. increase the cadence mm-hmm. and uh, uh, this is one thing and you could just do play around with variations of this uh, 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 like you know, some other day what you could do is if you have about a 45 minute thing and you are not too uh, you're not in the mood for something very intense uh, you could do like uh, a slightly longer cadence intervals uh, like cadence ramp ups uh, uh, start with um, uh, start with something like 80 for about a couple of minutes, 3 minutes then move to 85 for a couple of minutes 90 for a minute uh, 95 for half a minute and then the highest you can go something like that so do such intervals so that very uh, steadily you are ramping up you, know, you could probably mm-hmm. increase, play around with the, uh, with the in, uh, interval durations uh, and of course one important thing is to be able to improve anything you should be able to measure it so having yeah that yeah. Having a cadence it was actually
1: my question that uh, yeah. because when i when someone tells me uh, i'm going at a low cadence and the next day i try to increase it i kind of realize that as long as i'm super attentive about it it seems to stay up but the moment uh, i'm the, the the attention drifts away Probably the cadence is also going away. So how do I sort of keep track of something like
0: this? I mean, of, uh, you, of course, a cyclo computer with a cadence meter will help. And uh, right. you trying to uh, keep that in the balance uh, is very important. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, if you have that uh, uh, value shown in front of you, yeah, I'm sure you are going. To yeah, yeah, probably. It, yeah. yeah.
1: So that was our third episode. Hope you liked our discussion. This is your host, Harsha. You can hear us on all popular podcast apps. If you don't find us on a particular app, please let us know by mailing us at podcast at Do recommend the Indian Cycling Podcast to your friends and give us your thoughts on what you would like us to cover. Bye.